Hello, you're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for creatives and entrepreneurs seeking knowledge, purpose, and community. Brought to you by creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy, every episode is recorded at our headquarters in Niceville, Florida. We're excited to share our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors, all willing to share with you their diverse wisdom and experience. So happy to have you with us today. Let's get started. You're listening to Hello Francis, and I'm your host, Annalise Dedicke. Today, we are joined with Gregory Dedicke, Kayla Koger, Meredith Freeman, and Alicia Perez to discuss what it's like to be a Gen Zer. Let's have some fun. All right. How would you describe your generation? Chaotic. <laughs> Very disorganized. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just feel like Gen Z. I mean, I would be considered an elder Gen Z, was born in 97. The debate whether that is Gen Z or or late millennial is still up in the air, but I feel like overall, we've grown up in a very interesting time, having some major historic events happening, at least through our very short lifespans right now, uh, so far. And uh, I don't know, I just feel like things have just been very chaotic with no clear direction with unlimited access to the internet. So we hear a bunch of different voices and are able to formulate all sorts of opinions. So just general gist of that. Yeah, Yeah, I like what you said about opinionated too. I think for better or for worse, our generation is not hesitant to voice exactly what we're feeling and exactly what we think is right or wrong about anything and everything. We've just all become critics and editors and anybody with thumbs can just type something and have their opinion out there. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, the previous generations, they've had a overall, a centralized source of information, whether it's through television, through the news, you know, whatever, whichever media, it was always their source of information was centralized. I feel like with Gen Z, we have had untapped access to the internet and the digital age and there's really no way to centralize information coming from that domain. So, and that also not only formulates all sorts of different opinions, but also removes the fear of voicing those opinions as well. Our generation was given most platforms that previous generations did not have before. That's how I feel about it. What are y'all's thoughts on that? (laughs) I definitely think that a lot of the generations in the past looked to us uh, to help with technology and everything, and even just social media. I know recently Hillary told me that she's getting too old for Instagram and to help her out with um, content and everything. So I think it's funny to see the shift in the different generations. And I think it's super important to have different generations and a work field like this. (laughs) <laughs> All right. What are some stereotypes for your generation that people ought to know are false? Let's set the record straight, folks. Ooh. Well, Whoa. we think that we're better than, he, than all the other generations, and I think it's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, like, there are so many allegations about Gen Z. My, my favorite one is, I don't know, especially if you're a heavy user of TikTok, you've heard the audio from Saturday Night Live where they were making fun of Gen Z's uh, music taste, the yeet skirt audio. And mm-hmm. they were making, there's, it was supposed to be made fun of us, but we just took it and we, we adopted it. 
and we just rode with it because it was absolutely true. We are a very like egotistical generation though. Mm -hmm. I feel like to an extent, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like part of it comes from we, our generation just has this determination that we have the ability to make the world a better place as well. And that the opinionation part of it comes, opinionation comes into it as well, because we're not afraid to voice those opinions. We have access to technology. And I feel like with that technology, we have the, we have the responsibility to make sure that what's put out is truthful. And our generation is just one that takes that to heart. Sensitive group of people, aren't we? Mm -hmm. I feel like every little thing has some kind of ringer to it that ticks someone off. And it just creates like a little ripple effect. And we are always the generation to start that. Yeah. And I think because we were born in the technology era, we tend to like put our frustration on the internet and we're like the first ones to kind of like start fights on the internet and just like blow it up on Twitter or Instagram. I feel like that could be a good thing though. Sensitivity is always viewed as a a lesser or bad thing, especially when you're reacting to current events. But I feel like a lot with the current events, especially that we see, a lot of injustice that we see, and, you know, I believe 2020 was a Marvel year to display a lot of that, is that, you know, there's not a, not say a sense of sensitivity, but also like passion and drive. We realize that we have these platforms and we can not only push our opinion, but also call for others to join in on that as well and seek out others who share that same driving passion to really try to make a difference. And, you know, often enough, I think a problem with previous generations is that there is not enough sensitivity to deal with these kinds of current events and situations, especially since previous generations have told ours that we are destined to fix war problems, older generations always tell younger generations to do. And I feel like whenever our generation acts on that advice or what they were told with that, all of a sudden people are saying like, you're very sensitive and their generation or whatever was not as sensitive. Maybe that was the problem. And a lot of times I feel like that younger generations spend a lot of time fixing the issues that previous generations left behind. And that often receives criticism and that's okay because we're criticizers too. (laughs) That's why we're in this to begin with. So. Yeah. And even just looking up when I was researching this before we uh, started the podcast, a lot of negative connotations with Gen Zers. A lot of people think that we're so addicted to, to technology and that we can't handle face-to-face interactions, which I thought was super interesting because to a point, I think it's true, but at the same time, I don't think we can't handle it. I just think we're not accustomed to it. Right, right. I feel like social interaction, that's a skill that can be learned. I don't feel like a lot of Gen Zers actually, at least that I've talked to, don't actually have that issue. Yeah. I mean, of course, there's general, some people that just have general anxiety and some people are just generally introverts and some people are extroverts, but, you know, just, I don't think access to, to technology reduces social skills. I think it enhances it, actually. Yeah. Growing up, me being a major introvert, I use technology a lot to actually practice my social skills. And overall, I was able to refine that and actually have meaningful interactions with people and develop relationships. And also that is just 
the, the world that was built for us around us is centered around technology. So some people may not handle a lot of face-to-face interaction, but the world doesn't really focus on that anymore. Yeah, I agree. Especially with just the global pandemic in general, like we can't really meet face-to-face. I think we're like <laughs> better at it now than other people that were always wanting face-to-face interaction. Right, right. For God's sakes, we are recording this podcast in a Zoom call. So (laughs) there is some face-to-face element, uh, even though only the audio is going to be used. But this, these kinds of platforms and technologies enhances our social skills using these tools because previous generations that started the companies to build this technology and software, that is what they wanted and that is what they built for us. So that's what we're going to use. I thought I saw one negative connotation that kind of offended me, not going to lie, but it said <laughs> Gen Zers tend to job hop and ghost employers. And I feel like that's definitely not true with me. And I feel like that's definitely not true with us. I, I know. I have definitely witnessed that though. I've witnessed it, but it's not, I don't think it's any of us. Yeah, no, not right. like personally. I, I do feel like there's an element to like how you're raised with certain things like that for like the general respect of the public and like your employers. But some people, they'll show up for an interview and then they won't show up for the job after they mm-hmm. got accepted after the interview. So there's like different elements of where like, I think our generation does feel like they have like a certain extent of power mm-hmm. and they use it. I mean, whether it's good power or bad power and like how you use it. I mean, we are a very powerful generation. Mm-hmm. We are definitely going to pave a new way into the future and whatever we do. I mean, there are more, I feel like there's more entrepreneurs in our generation than in a lot of them, you know? Like, I don't really feel like I've seen like a whole ton of entrepreneurs that grew and like millennials or stuff like that. Like we, we want to get started now at a young age, mm-hmm. whereas generations before us, they did everything textbook. You know, you graduate high school, you go to college, you go to grad school, you do all these things. I mean, life throws curveballs at you, but I feel like we are the first generation to finally be like, no, we're not going to do things by textbook. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I don't want to go to college. It all is debt. And for what? And I think that's like a very strong thing that us like as a generation have done because now generation alpha like have talents, they don't necessarily have to go to college and pay for all those things to accomplish what they want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's kind of like our responsibility to help them with that, not so much someone else. Mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned it as like, we're kind of throwing out the textbook and doing our own thing. In a way, I feel like we're writing a new textbook that our Mm -hmm. generation is really writing new rules for what it looks like to thrive in the workplace, what it looks like to be engaged in society. And I think sometimes that comes off negatively because we'll see people ghost employers and do things like that. That's like not really respectful, not awesome. But in the same way, like we're also not showing respect for systems that are not helpful and Mm -hmm. like in a lot of different ways. So I think in a way, this rewriting the textbook, yeah, it's going to rub some people the wrong way, kind of cause them to give our generation a funny look, but it's also going to enact a lot of positive change and maybe set an example for generation alpha and the people who come after them. Right. I feel like, I don't know if I can speak for everybody in this uh, zoom call, but I feel like we've all had a parent or 
seen our parents come home from a job that they hate and mm-hmm. yeah seen some people not like you know just watching your parents work jobs that they felt secure and they just it's full time and they just end up hating it in the end coming home every day kind of disgruntled or upset with their current situation and witnessing that grown up you start to get these ideas in your head that the advice that they followed for the route that they go, that's the same advice that they're going to give you or slightly tailored based on what their parents told them. Finish school, go to college or just other typical things uh, and behavior that shares a lot of traits with what their generation had. And the end result that we see a lot of the time is just general unhappiness with what they're doing. And I think that in itself, just witnessing that is a very powerful thing with all of us growing up. And, and we've seen with the last couple of years that those secure jobs or secure careers are actually not in fact secure and people lost their jobs. And, you know, a lot of people's parents lost their jobs and what they thought were secure jobs. And now it's just, just general idea of, okay, so nothing is really secured or nothing's for sure. So I'm just going to do what I want to do. I literally have like the perfect story. I've said this before, but when I went to college, I was a biomed major and my dad was so keen on me going to pharmacy school. And so I was like, you know what? That's where the money is. Like he was like, just go to pharmacy school, you know, go to grad school. That's the money. You'll make a lot of money. I was like, okay. And in high school, I grew up in Ms. Frakes' class at Niceville High School doing graphic design. And I always loved that, but I was like, you know what, I'm I'm going to biomed, that can maybe be a side hustle. And my first year of college, I absolutely hated it. I was not a science major. And it kind of was hard to tell my parents that like, I don't want to go this route anymore because as you know, like obviously this career field is not as well paid for as a pharmacy degree. But I kind of just took the initiative and did something that I really wanted to do and that I was passionate about and that I would actually enjoy later on. And so I think they saw that in me, but I think they were definitely a little shocked by that. I mean, it's definitely something to say for like, as a generation, we put our foot down. Mm -hmm. Like if we're done with something, we're like, we're done. We're going to push it aside. We're never going to think about it ever again. It's like after you take a test and you just like wipe all the answers away from your head we create like a clean slate for us to be like, okay, let's start over. Let's figure out what we want to do. We don't like wait till, you know, we're older and our kids are all grown and we're like, okay, well, what do we do now? It's -hmm. like, I hate my job. There's no one that I need to provide for anymore. So what, what am I doing? And you see a lot of that in like our parents, like our grandparents where they're just sick and tired of what they've been doing for the last 40 years, but they're just like, well, I want to do something that I love. Whereas we're doing that now in our 20s. Mm-hmm. Like we're not going to waste time doing something that we hate. I should know because I popped through three colleges. <laughs> been a fun, it's a, been a fun journey. I've been through two colleges in a, a trade school. Okay, well, I also love was it. a STEM major when I was a freshman. So that's what's up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is your favorite way of finding out about new products or stores? TikTok. Yeah. (laughs) That's also something I saw. The negative connotation is we have a short attention span, which like, to be fair, maybe is true, but yeah. I don't feel like certain things. Yeah. 
product of society though, because things just changed so quickly that if you're still paying attention to something that happened yesterday, you're not, you're not relevant. You know, like <laughs> things just flip so quickly on a dime that you can't pay attention to one thing for however long. So I will say that, yeah, like technologies are changing so fast. I've been trying to learn about programming and just like computer science in general. And a lot of people are saying that back then you would get a degree in that, but universities are not moving fast enough with the changing technologies that, you know, companies are just taking in self-taught coders or programmers or software developers. Uh, that's how quickly it's changing is that the four years that it takes to get that degree is too slow. So they will have, you know, like 10 week boot camps or things like that. But I think, and tied to with the uh, attention span too is that yes things just constantly change and you know you will be hearing about major events that happen in the world within the within the 10 minutes that it just happened and you will see that alert pop up in your phone so with whatever you're doing it just gets switched over to that story or somewhere else and it's just amazing how quickly like we can just switch between stories or tasks or consuming whichever media is this place in front of us yeah i think the older generation is kind of adapting to that also though like them, them a little bit longer though yeah yeah but now they know like oh we do have a short attention span so now they're like rearranging everything that they know in order to accommodate our generation and generation alpha i can't even talk to my baby cousin long enough for her to like understand what i'm saying mm-hmm. she's like just <laughs> She's off in a whole nother world once I'm like two, two words in, like, she just doesn't care. She's like, I, you're wasting my time. So it's just like, I feel like they're going to be faster than we are, which is terrifying. There's also the question too, like, is that a generational thing or is there some cases of ADHD going around or ADD? <laughs> I keep that in mind. Too. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I like looking for new products through like Pinterest. Is that weird? Like it's like Pinterest, yeah. It's just so like aesthetically pleasing. And I'm like, okay, if I want to find something that I feel like is my quality, then I have to go to Pinterest because everything is just laid out beautifully there and you're not overwhelmed and just like a self guided, like, here, here's everything that I have. That's the kind of content that I like. I like that you can just like go and search it and it pulls up whatever product for whatever company. So you can see like 8 billion ones all at once, just so, you know, you don't have to jump from site to site to site looking for one thing, you know? Yeah. What do you guys think is the best way to market to our generation? I believe it needs to be visual first, Mm. mobile visual first. I think that's why TikTok is so successful because it's visual content that displays quickly in front of you and you know it's time restraining too so for each piece of media that comes through it so heavily visual content uh not very copy heavy or text heavy and you know it's actively engaging it has to be engaging too so do we think that it's more for just like entertainment or if it's for business like business related subjects like, do we feel like we're actually using it for like the right purposes? Because I mean, you see a lot now, like TikTok videos of like people who are at home, they have their own businesses and they do like those little packaging videos, you know, and they send it off. And I feel like that's more like satisfying than people wanting to buy their products. So it's more for like entertainment. 
I think it goes hand in hand because the entertainment catches your eye and gets you interested in the product. And then something like TikTok, you can just slide over onto somebody's profile and click an external link and be right there on their shop. Like it makes it so quick and easy to like see the product and buy the product. So yeah. Very rare cases. If it goes outside of the app, I'm not going to complete that journey through it. Same. 100% agree with that. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Just right there, quick and easy. And I like, I think when you're talking about like entertainment versus marketing, I think a lot of the time it works really well for a generation. It's like marketing disguised as entertainment. We were talking in one of my classes the other day about, oh gosh, it was like that Drake video with the Nikes and like everything in the video is Nike. And it was just a music video, literally no other thing on it. But all the comments were like, is this a Nike commercial? Is this a Nike commercial? So like they achieved their goal in kind of like a backdoor roundabout way. And I think with our generation, if you can catch the entertainment side and then find ways to slip marketing in, then it'll be really successful. Yeah. One of my favorite examples of this too is uh, kind of in a trend. I'm sure all of you have heard of the fake window trend. Have you seen that on your feed with the projectors? Yes. (laughs) So that's actually, that's actually got me. Oh, wait, Elisa, you haven't seen that? It, it probably hasn't made its way out to Wyoming yet. <laughs> oh, no. We need to explain it right Oh, yeah. Um, so basically, it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're taking these projectors and they're making fake windows on their walls. So it could be, they display a rainforest or like a Star Wars city or something. And they just like fall asleep to that. And that's been making me want to buy like a 60 or $70 projector. So... I got one of those galaxy lamp things. You know, I've it's seen those. Like, And I mean, we really like it, but I just, I mean, I think it's just like the right now, especially like with the global pandemic that you want to be somewhere other than where you are. Like traveling is hard, you know, just moving around is hard. So I think they had a good idea with that projector because I miss the snow. If I got that projector, it would constantly be on like a snowy version of something outside my window. Might be of Destin, Florida, where it's eight. <laughs> Mine would be the snow too. It's <laughs> <was> iconic. <laughs> I was thinking of the snow. The only person that lives in the snow is telling you now. Yeah. <laughs> places, it's okay. <laughs> what was one of the biggest or most memorable technological advances to come from our generation? Ooh. That's a good I would, one. I would say YouTube and Apple. Oh, those are good ones. That's my favorite. That's my go-to. I I tend to watch YouTube way more than television. I don't really find myself watching television anymore unless it's like a Netflix show that's really popular. And then anything and everything that I use is Apple. So those are my top two. I definitely say Apple as well. Just seeing how everything has changed because of Apple in a generation. I mean, even so much as like, I hate getting texts from people now who are non-apple people and it's that awful green color or you're making a group text and it's that one person like you know before a generation no one really cared about that there wasn't that much messaging happening anyway so we hate the green textures (laughs) the worst sorry android users it's gotta go it's gotta go sorry janae (laughs) sorry (laughs) i think i think for me in terms of technologies it's kind of different from that, but it's, uh, I think cryptocurrencies mm. also are making a huge impact. I mean, I think that just turned 
how people invest or I wouldn't really call it investing it's kind of gambling right now but just how people manage their money it's and also just changing the way they purchase things too and how companies have reacted to that it kind of just turned the economy into a wild west market again and I mean it's kind of hard to explain through here but it's just been insane with how it's been trading the past few months and well, it's I, very popular well yeah I think Bitcoin hit well it, it's past 60,000 now well I, 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 per, I currently have some money in Dogecoin but <laughs> it's I think at the beginning of this year in January it was not even a penny and so people have just bought thousands of that and now it's almost 10 cents and people have made millions off of that. It's just, it started off as a joke in 2013 and now it's people are just retiring at 16 years old because of it. So it's, and they did that with Bitcoin too, with Ethereum and all these other altcoins and it's just changing the way how people just start generational wealth totally by chance. Well, seemingly, but it's crazy. Is it weird that the first thing that I thought of whenever I asked that question was, do you guys remember the Firefly phones? <laughs> Where they like, that was the first phone that Greg and I got. And it was like, you know, you had your mom's phone number, your dad, and then you had an emergency button. Those are literally the only things that you could use. But it lit up and it like amazed my little five-year-old self or however, however old I was, but I was just, it was just like that thing where I was like, okay, I didn't know this existed. And that was like my first phone ever. And I was like, I didn't even know what phones really were. So I, I don't know that that's always been the most memorable for me for technology wise. Like, yes, things have made an impact, like as I got older, but that's like the first thing that was put in my hand that had anything like technological to do with. I would say my, the funnest one for me was the iPod, like, touch just for music. And then after that, I got my first phone in, like, sixth grade, a Pantech Ease, little slide phone. And I, was, I had one, too. Really? Yeah. I felt so cool because I had a phone, like a slide phone, where I would, like, type and everything. Then I had an iPod. But kind of, like, it was a little annoying because you had to carry two, two different phones. And then you could only go on social media if you had Wi-Fi. So that was a struggle for me, but... I also forgot Google was invented and that's like saved my life in college. So got to give some props to it. Apparently there's a different domain in Google. Well, I think it's like, don't call me on this. It's part of the google.scholar or something else, mm -hmm. but you can search for uh, journals and documents that automatically reference that for you, which I don't know if y'all have already used that yet. It works just browsing like Google, except it's tailored more to finding those scientific journals or whatever sources that you need to write your papers but that too and also I remember the uh, I had the iPod that you turned with the dial to scroll through your music yeah. I remember those commercials with the silhouettes with the ear pods and just dancing like in like a solid color background with black silhouettes and they're just dancing away, but the iPod with the earplugs was highlighted too, all in white. So I don't know if y'all remember those, but I remember those very the distinctly. With like the very, very bright colors. Yes. Yes, yes. I, the had the colors. Yeah. I had the Nano. I had the Nano too. Yeah. yeah. I had the Nano, yeah. <laughs> I had like so many. And then 
I remember having the iHome where you would plug it into the little like radio looking like alarm clock thing. Yeah. Those were the days. I remember I had like the high school musical mix stick. Oh. And that was like my favorite thing ever. It literally was just loaded with high school musical songs and it was like an iPod, but it was I don't know, I don't even really know what it was, but I would just walk around playing it. That was literally all I did. Something else that I really enjoyed as a kid was the Nintendo DS, and I feel like that's making a comeback. Same here. <laughs> I still have mine. It's in a closet <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> well, I definitely think like the Nintendo Switch also kind of came from that. Like more people started to use theirs again. So they were like, oh, well, let's make a more advanced version of it, which I think is really, really cool. From a user experience perspective, I freaking love the Nintendo Switch. It's never used it. <laughs> oh no. Animal Crossing. I, I've also never played that either. Well, to be fair, there, when the pandemic started, it was very hard to get a hold of one. Yeah. So to well, be I fair, got mine after we got out of quarantine. I got mine yeah. like in December of last year. Are they expensive? They can be. They yeah. have the they have the switch lights, which are around two hundred dollars, but you can't take the controllers off of those or the screen. Like it's all one piece, kind of like a DS or a Game Boy. So you can still dock it to charge it, but you can't take the controllers off it. But it's cheaper. But the normal one with the controllers you can take off of the screen, that one well, people were upselling those during the pandemic, like to five hundred dollars or so for some of them, but they're much less expensive than that now. We we got the Animal Crossing version one. So the controllers are like a baby blue and like a like a mint green color, basically. And since it was a limited edition, that boy was pricey. Mm-hmm. So Ryan and I agreed it would be our Christmas present to each other. <laughs> and we would be like, this is what we've been wanting. This is all we're going to get. So we went halfsies on it which made it a little, it's still expensive, but it's not that bad. I think my least favorite technological advancement is when they combined the charging and headphone jack on the phone. Yes. That was a bullshit, yeah. That one I hate that. <laughs> I think about that all the time. I'm like, okay, I want to listen to music, but my phone's about to die. And I'm like working yeah. at my desk and I'm like, okay, I don't want to listen to like whatever's on TV in the background. Like I want to have some music. But it just feels better whenever, you know, you have like close quarters, there are so many noises around you and you're just like, I just want to be in my own little world. Mm-hmm. Like, is that so hard to ask for? Because I feel like it is nowadays. I make you uh, purchase different things now to supplement that. Yep. Yeah. Especially if you got the newer iPhones, switching from your charging cable being a type A USB to a type C, so it's much smaller. And now you got to get a new charging block for it because for some reason they don't ship a new charging block with it. So for to help save the environment, I read the back of the box one day. Yeah. Wait, I didn't know that was a thing. Apple. Yeah. They won't send you the box. They'll just send you the cord or whatever. Hmm. I don't I guess that, but so many like of the boxes floating around. I just used one of those. I think they're just trying to make us buy more things. <laughs> that's exactly what it is <laughs> how do you guys currently use social media what are your favorite social media platforms to use 
Mine's definitely Instagram and then more recently TikTok and I think that to the uh, quarantining. Mine's Pinterest through and through. I could spend like my entire life on Pinterest and it would just go by in a flash. (laughs) Yeah, Instagram and TikTok for me. I don't even touch Facebook anymore. I look at Facebook to make sure my family members are still alive. Yeah, that and to update with them with pictures and everything. Yeah. I'm pretty much Instagram and Facebook. I'm not like super consistent on Facebook, but I really do it to keep up with older people in my life <laughs> or like, not even like that old, but you know, people who aren't Gen Zers that I know from home and stuff. But Instagram is my main, my main thing. I want to get better at Pinterest because I just love it. I just don't ever get on it. Twitter is my favorite. Twitter. 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 I can't explain it to you. I just like consuming a lot of information as fast as I can scroll. I hate Twitter. It It eats my time. I literally could sit on Twitter forever. I don't know. Throw back to when Chantel said Twitter would be dead. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Alicia's <laughs> keeping it alive. I, Twitter, no, I truly think Twitter's evolved into the new Tumblr. It's become very much like a social diary Ooh, for everybody. That's a controversial so, thing you just yeah. said. Well, <laughs> I love it. Is it. What it is <laughs> it's what it is. I don't know. I think, Alicia, you and Ryan are the only people I know who, like, consistently use Twitter. I like, Ryan it. is on it first thing he wakes up. Yep. Right before he goes to bed, everything that he's doing in the middle, whenever he has a break in his day, he's on Twitter. It's where I follow a lot of like my news outlets and stuff like that. And so I just get very quick. And then if I need to do more, I go into like an Apple news app and do that. So yeah. Man, compared to other platforms, Twitter's speed is hard to beat. One that I used to love that I, that I don't really like anymore is Snapchat. I feel like I spent a majority of my time there, but now and like when streaks became a thing, that was a whole ordeal. And now I just like don't really care about that anymore. So I wouldn't be mad if I just like stopped using Snapchat just because I feel like it uses up a lot of my time. And I feel like I want to use that time more now, like with TikTok. So I usually use Snapchat for more like I text people who I don't have their numbers, obviously, or like my Snap memories from like five years ago. Yeah, I like that part. I only keep that for those memories that I'm just too lazy to just try to move every single one of those onto my phone. Yeah. Yeah, Snapchat for me did, it got a little weird with how the streaks came to be. And, you know, also you can see your friends' friends' location if they have it on, like just anywhere in the world. And I think it it just transformed into a, a way to where you can see what your friends are doing or everyone your friends with is doing but not in a getaway if that makes sense mm-hmm. like it you were collecting information where it did not benefit relationships or friendships that compared to what other apps do uh, i think like the whole snapchat score and all that too i feel like, like it kind of encourages like the toxicity of our generation though that's like, that's the people yeah. use it to their advantage because the messages go away Mm-hmm. Which a lot of the platforms that we have now don't do that. Yeah. They screenshot or... Oh, God. Throw back to when they <laughs> to show, like, who your top friends were. So yep. it a lot of friendships. Oh, my God, yeah. Ruined a lot of friendships. <laughs> I remember that. It caused a lot of drama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so definitely 
did not encourage the best behaviors on Snapchat. So it got a little weird. <laughs> well, and it's just like weird, like when like your people are like, oh, can I, can I get your snap? Like that just like makes me want to cringe. Like it's cringy. The way that we speak like that, it makes me hurt inside so deeply. It's like, why can't we ask for someone's numbers anymore? Like if you're like going out and you like meet a guy or a girl, whatever, and you're there to like, can I have your snap? I feel like that's so impersonal. It's very immature, I feel like, in a way. It is. Yeah. Like, okay, do you want it because you like me or do you want it just to have it? You know, like you have more friends on there, which is I just like another level of annoyance. I stopped replying to people who just sent streaks. They're oh. Like, yeah, they're like streaks and I'm like, nope. <laughs> and, okay one that i just thought of when anna said something about cringy was back in middle school the app ask fm when you yes. ask your crush questions or something oh that one was terrible like we participated in that yes because <laughs> it was like no one no one back then talked to each other face to face let's be honest Mm-hmm. So like the way to know if like oh our crush liked us or whatever we went on Ask FM and I to this day hate myself for doing that. I just they recently- have that feature on Snapchat. They have like a you can like ask me anything box yes. on Snapchat. You know. Yeah. And some of those funny questions. Yeah. It's just like nonsense. <laughs> Ooh, so this this reminds me of something else too, and uh, if you remember this. I'm sorry for bringing it up, but it happened very briefly after school. Oh, God. oh my God. <laughs> that was terrible in high school. I didn't even go on it. I didn't uh, even look at it. Me either. I just, I just came to school one day and all of a sudden people were fighting each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was violence going on. Like, what's going on? There was a lot of violence that year. And I wish we were joking, but it wasn't. <laughs> It's so bad. So I bad. watched behind me get a girl smacked in the face. Yes, I think we were talking about the same thing. I was, it's just like, why? <laughs> what can someone do to you that's so bad in middle or high school? The thing is, you don't know. Like, it was all a suspicion, you know, just. And that proves that our generation just likes to start anything. anything. Oh, yes. We wake up and choose that? violence. <laughs> we wake up and we choose violence. <laughs> is that what our generation is known for? Yeah. We wake up and we choose violence. I, I would not. say so. What do we think our generation is known for? I think it's hard to say. I mean, I think a lot of generations will say technology. Yeah. But I feel like we're a little bit deeper than that, folks. I think being creative and not like thinking outside of the box. I definitely think it's more of a uh, same term they use for the Renaissance era or something, but just like a, an enlightenment, just a total shift in thought, which is usually triggered by usually something majorly technological or socially. Like uh, for us, it's technology. And that just triggered a huge shift in thought and just generally how our, our society and system works whatever word you want to use for that like they use enlightenment for it or just some creative shift or anything like that but I don't know I I think that's the trouble with it too is that 
there's no clear way to really define it. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. It's, it feels very experimental too. So yeah, I think experimental. I think rocking the boat. I think our generation's really good at that, and and not afraid to. Kind of like we talked about earlier. I think whether it's creative expression, whether it's just saying things or getting them out in the open or using technology, we have not been afraid to kind of shake up old systems. I kind of feel like we're like pave makers, you know, like we're creating like new ways to go about life that no one before us has thought of. I, I, I don't know. I think it's very brave. Like, I feel like we're a brave generation because mm-hmm. we're like, Kayla, you were scared to tell your parents that you didn't want to do biomed anymore. I was terrified to tell my parents that I just didn't want to do college anymore. You know, like, it's just, we have it set in our heads that it's everything's supposed to be done a certain way. And it's just, we're in that point in time now that it's not, Yeah. you know? I think it's not really a matter of doing things that like no one has ever thought of, but I think it's just doing things that previous generations either didn't want to do or they didn't feel like they could. Yeah. That's really what it is because previous generations had to be safe and now we feel like well there's no safety net anyway and there's no point having one so yeah just we're just doing whatever previous generations did not want to do because they felt like they couldn't Mm -hmm. agreed do you guys want to say anything that you think or what happened during our generation that you guys thought was like the most awesome most epic thing that ever happened most awesome most epic thing and it can really be anything it doesn't have to be like technology related it, new experiences that are were presented to our generation or anything like that i would i wouldn't say this is awesome but i think it's interesting and just kind of like our generations have experienced so many different events like just starting out at, with 9-11 and like ending with like a pandemic as like so far it's not really awesome but I think it's interesting that we've been a part of that and we're able to like eventually tell our kids about that and say like oh yeah we've experienced that I think that's interesting to me I don't know if it's it's not necessarily awesome but yeah being a Gen Zer feels like someone is trying to cram an entire history book into one decade Mm -hmm. and you know it really kicked off with 9-11 I feel like um, some of us were actually old enough to remember that and then we lived through the 2008 recession, at least living in families dealing with that. And recent events with the pandemic just lived through a lot of major events and, you know, that define generations. And most generation has had one event that really defined it. I felt like we've had several. What I think is really cool is that I feel like we're going to be a very large chunk in a history book one day. Mm-hmm. like it, especially especially our generation just like the baby boomers like those were that generation is a big section in our textbooks growing up and I think it's really cool that we have the capability now to help write that out write out that history part of that section for the generations after us like I think that's really cool not that it's something that's happened yet but it's cool that to think about it in the future, like what are future generations going to think of us 
when they're our age, you know? My grandkids are going to have some weird ass stories for sure. (laughs) That makes me hopeful. I think about, you know, the greatest generation and how a lot of the things they went through are parallel to some of the things that we're going through and hopefully not all of them don't really want world war three. Let's not have that. But seeing all the things that they went through and kind of a similar, like, what do you pick for them? That's like the defining factor. There's so many things, but to see all the stories and of our grandparents and great grandparents of their resilience and their innovation and all those things that came from that era, it makes me hopeful for what our generation is going to continue to do that we're not going to be defined by one singular event, but maybe all of these things are going to shape us in some pretty cool ways. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That is one thing I feel like every generation has shared is a constant threat of World War III. That or the world's ending. I've seen that a couple times. We've seen the end of the world a few times already. <laughs> so I don't know which I would prefer though, like a zombie apocalypse or like the climate just collapses on us one day. Anything other than this, man. I mean, whatever's fast and easy at this point. (laughs) I know, like, going through 2020, I worked for the health department and just had some people just like, man, this apocalypse is kind of boring. I was like, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like everything that's happened, we're kind of waiting for, like, oh, what's the most, like, exciting event that's going to happen next? (laughs) What's coming next? What's happening on the other foot? No. (laughs) Yeah. What's happening tomorrow? Hopefully we have shown you what it's like in the Gen Zero world. Next week comes the millennials, so be sure to tune in and continue on with each generation. Thank you.